It's Dope Nostalgia Time. I'm Naomi. Welcome to the show. We're going to talk to Rosala today about her smash success in the 90s and her big hit, Everybody's Free. Man, she even got to tour with Michael Jackson, and I never knew that. She told me so much great stuff, sweetheart of a lady, and we had a great chat. We're also going to talk about a few other things. For instance, uh, one thing we haven't done yet is we haven't covered a country artist from the 90s. I want your suggestions. Please email us at dopenostalgiapodcast at gmail.com with your ideas for a great country artist that we could uh, spotlight on the show. Um, Keep in mind, their career should have primarily happened in the 90s. That's kind of what the aim of the show is. But hey, if they're still rocking it today, we can totally consider them too. But some suggestions for country artists, let me know because that's one place we haven't gone yet. I've spent most of the springtime gathering interviews for you and... uh, We've got so much material that we're going into the, uh, late summer now with for, for episodes. So things are going really well with the show, but we're still going to keep doing those interviews. Anybody you want to suggest, let us know. We can try to, our best to get them on the show. I'd like to plug our Patreon. Patreon.com slash Dope Nostalgia is where you're going to get premium content, bonus material, videos, podcast comes out two days early all of that for a low low price starting at one dollar a month so patreon check it out we also have a youtube channel where you can find all of our interviews and some playlists with some of the featured music videos that we've talked about on the show check it out youtube.com slash dope nostalgia yes without any further ado let's talk to rosala wikipedia moments Rosala Miller, better known as simply Rosala, is a Zimbabwean electronic music performer who was born in then North Rhodesia, later Zambia, to a Zimbabwean father. She later moved with her parents at the age of 18 to her father's country of origin, Zimbabwe. She is best known for her three 1991 and 92 hit singles, Faith in the Power of Love, Are You Ready to Fly, and particularly this song, Everybody's Free to Feel Good, which has been remixed and reissued several times. In December 2016, Billboard magazine ranked her as the 98th most successful dance artist of all time. Rosala began performing at a young age in her native Zambia, singing in clubs and at events. Then at age 13, she was singing on a children's television show. While still in her teens, she relocated to Zimbabwe, where she fronted various R&B cover bands before beginning her own recording career, with the resultant five number one hits on that nation's chart. In 1988, Rosala located to London with her manager, Chris Sargent, and worked with the band of Gypsies, a production duo consisting of Nigel Swanston and Tim Cox. Rosala's first UK single, Born to Love Ya, became a club hit in 1990. The singer's career really took off when the dance anthem, Everybody's Free, reached number six in the UK singles chart in 1991. It became a top 10 hit in many European countries soon afterwards and reached the Billboard Top 40 the following year. It remains her biggest hit to date, and it was later included in her debut album, Everybody's Free, which peaked at number 20 on the UK album's chart and went silver. The album spawned two more sizable hits with Faith and Are You Ready to Fly, reaching number 11 and number 14, respectively, in the UK singles chart, plus a lesser charting single in the ballad, Love Breakdown. 
1992, Rosala toured with Michael Jackson, opening all of his shows on the European leg of his dangerous tour, including the UK. She enjoyed four UK Top 40 hits in 94 and 95, including her rendition of I Love Music, the theme song to the film Carlito's Way. The attendant album Look No Further featured more R&B and soul elements than her previous album. In 1996, a remix of Everybody's Free reached number 30 in the UK singles chart. Her 1998 album Coming Home saw her reunite with the band of Gypsies and spawned a stateside club hit with its lead single, Don't Go Lose a Baby, produced by Metro. In 2003, Rosala entered the lower regions of the UK singles chart alongside Plastic Boy on the song Live Another Life. She issued the jazz soul album Brand New Version in 2009, adding her surname Miller to her recording guys. She promoted the album by performing as Billy Ocean's support act on his UK tour of 2009. A global DJ's remix of Everybody's Free reached number 7 in Australia in 2009 after it had been used as a theme song to So You Think You Can Dance. In 2015, Rosala returned to the top 10 of the Billboard Club dance charts for the first time since 1994 with her track, If You Say It Again. This was quickly followed by the single, Shadows of the Moon. Ladies and gentlemen, here's our chat with Rosala. So you're coming to us from London, correct? I am, I am indeed, Naomi, yeah. And you're in Canada, which city? Edmonton. Edmonton, okay. okay. All the way on the west, west side of the country. So how far is that from, what's the, what's the city I'm thinking of in Canada? What's the main city? Called? Toronto. Toronto, that's right. Toronto, Toronto is very far. Um, it's about a four-hour flight. Oh, that's far. Yeah. So, oh, that is far. Okay, I thought you were going to say like, oh, it's a two-hour drive or something. It's actually about a three- or four-day drive. What? <laughs> yeah, depending if you like stay somewhere overnight, but it's about three or four hours, yeah. Oh, or three my. or four days, I'm sorry. Oh, my. Oh, my. It's fine. a heat. Canada's big then. It's massive. <laughs> this country is so big. Oh, and, and Quebec, that's also in Canada, right? That's right. So, see, I know, I know a bit of country there. <laughs> <laughs> that's where most of our population is, is on the, we're around Toronto and Quebec, on the east side of the country. Closer to you. <laughs> and um, French speaking? On the east side, mostly, yes. Um, we are like a bilingual country. Yeah. Um, we have we have all of our information and posted in French and English. But yeah. out where I live in the western part of the country, there's not as many French-speaking people. Right, right. Yeah. Wow, my gosh. Well, anyway, it's lovely to see you. I thought because um, I thought for a moment this wasn't going to happen, so I'm like, I'm feeling hungry. I want dinner. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. oh no 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 I was just having a nap and then I, I set my alarm for half an hour before and I was like oh okay and then Alan's like no rather do a zoom video so we can see each other which is much better are you okay do, do you prefer if I post the video or don't post the video that's up to you um what do you want I'll always I'll say yes to the video if you want okay that's fine let's do it then all right I don't, I don't mind all right. We'll help things. <laughs> so we'll go back and do some reminiscing. Um, yeah, yeah, let's do it. So back when Everybody's Free came out, it was number one on the U.S. Hot Dance Club play chart. Um, BuzzFeed listed the song at number 47 in their list of the 101 greatest dance songs of the 90s. Wow. Is there? Yeah. 
is well, is there a different sense of achievements when you get the success and the hit in America as opposed to home? Absolutely, because it's uh, a foreign country. You know, um, I don't live there. And uh, to think that my song has been heard and listened to from across the seas is quite incredible. How did it uh, come? How did it all come about? Um, well, I, uh, going back a few years, I was born in Zambia and grew up in Zimbabwe. And um, I've always wanted to be a singer all my life. And then, you know, I became this, uh, what you would call a little starlet in Zimbabwe. And I thought, you know, I went as far as I could go in Zimbabwe. And I thought, I want to be a big international act. And the only way that's going to happen is if I move to England or America. And Naomi, I'm the kind of person, you know, as time has gone by, what you believe and what you feel, life helps to conspire, get you there or get you near there. And it's so true, you know. Um, and anyway, so I thought I want to go to England or America. And then fast forward, uh, I ended up coming to England, recording some stuff, uh, sending, sending them around to record labels to try and get a deal. And one of those cassettes, it was cassettes in that time, mm -hmm. fell on the, the laps of uh, two amazing guys, uh, Tim and Nigel, who were known as the Band of Gypsies. And they loved my voice and uh, wanted to meet me. Uh, we had a meeting. They said, you know, what do you want to do? Um, we love your voice. We've got lots of tracks and stuff for you. Um, I said, look, I want to do tracks that are lyrically positive. So if you listen to the whole album of Everybody's Free, practically all the tracks in there are, are, are got positive lyrics. That's and I want tracks that'll, when somebody puts on my songs, I want them to feel they can get up and dance or even sit in their chair and move around and stuff like that, like, yeah, yeah, no problem. And um, that's how one of the songs came about and that, that uh, Everybody's Free album, of course, one of them being called Everybody's Free to Feel Good. That's amazing. Oh, yeah. good. So the song has also been kept alive all through the years. There's been different remakes and remixes. Um, do you have a certain one that you're fond of? Like you've re-recorded it also, haven't you? I have, I think I had the opportunity of re-recording it two or three times i think um and i've had so many other opportunities to re-record it again and honestly naomi i'm at that point whereby it's just it's not going to happen because i've been there i've done that and mm. i'm tired no and no 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 <laughs> and you know i've got other new material that i'm working on i've got new stuff coming out i've got a new single coming out um, on the 4th of may called magnificent but anyway so i've got this other life happening as well so it's exciting for me to add my new songs to my old repertoire you know and, and keep things going and and as you say everybody's free and are you ready to fly and fate in the power of love with which you know were my biggest hit singles to date uh, particularly everybody's free has been kept alive as you said earlier because of the constant remixes um, being done you know, uh, uh, quite a few contestants have done it on on shows, you know, con The Voice or The X Factor or stuff like that. Yeah. And um, in fact, I think of one lovely lady. Um, I'm sorry, I forget her name, but it was, I think it was called The Voice in Australia. And she sang Everybody's Free, but not in my style. It was sort of mid-tempo. 
Natasha Stewart was her name actually. And uh, she was looked after by a friend of mine, which I, I didn't know and he managed her. And we got in touch last year via Facebook, uh, sorry, uh, Instagram. And I messaged her and I saw the video and I thought, wow, you are incredible, you know? And she was so shocked. She's like, I've been a fan of yours since I was a child, you know, since I was so young. And she took pictures and started sending me all uh, my record collection that she was keeping, which was so flattering. And um, I don't know if she wanted whatever, but sadly she passed away because I didn't know that uh, she had cancer. But, you know, things like that really touched me. And, and she was, you know, one of those angels that has kept um, everybody's free alive and has kept the profile raised. So, rest in peace, Natasha. Uh, rest in peace, Natasha. If I can find this video of her performing it on YouTube, I can share it with oh, our listeners. Please do. Please do. It, it's beautiful. It really is beautiful. I would love to. Uh, we have a question from one of our uh, listeners, Michelle. She wanted to um, ask about how were you approached to include the song in the soundtrack to Romeo and Juliet? Because there's a choral version featuring a 12-year-old singer, Quentin Tarver, mm. performing it. That's way yeah. back. Well, that movie's probably yeah. about 20 years old now, isn't it? Yeah, long time ago, long time ago. Um, actually, because the song was written for me and obviously I, I sung the song and put my own melody and ideas. Tim and Nigel were the songwriters. Mm -hmm. uh, and when stuff like that happens, uh, they normally go via Tim and Nigel or go to uh, the publishers, which are peer music, and they ask for permission. And then they ask Tim and Nigel and myself, do you mind if we send this out or somebody wants to do this? And that's how that sort of thing uh, kind of happens. And uh, if, if the three of us think it's good, um, and it will keep the profile of the song raised. And uh, so we all go, yeah, yeah, do it. <laughs> so that's how that came about. And that's how most of the, the other stuff uh, comes about when anybody wants to use everybody's stream an advert or a, a movie or stuff like that. So they get permission from us three and the publishers. I absolutely love that phrase, to keep the profile raised. It's so yeah. good. <laughs> <laughs> it does keep the profile raised. And it has, it has, you know, it really has. Everybody's free. Everybody's free. Everybody's free. Brother and sister. 
That's a beautiful version of that of the song as well. Yeah. Yeah, it is absolutely. It absolutely is. Now, right at the beginning, we were talking about you were born in Zambia, and then your father is in Zimbabwean, and so as a young child, you moved to Zimbabwe. Yes. Yes. Yeah, and your mother? Mom, yeah. My mom's Zambian. Zambian. Uh, yeah. So she she's Zambian born, and my father's um, Zimbabwean born. So I obviously uh, spent quite a few of my formative years in Zambia. And then we moved to Zimbabwe, my dad's country, and I spent a lot of my other formative years there. And then that's when I, you know, at some point decided I want to move to England or America. And England opened its doors to me. And I started traveling to England specifically just to do music and to become a big star. You know, when you're young, you have all these dreams and uh, I didn't know what was in store. And, you know, life, God, the forces just helped me get there. And... And I was hungry for it. And my agent said to me recently, you, what do you mean you were hungry for it? You're still hungry for it. <laughs> That's good. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you can't let that go away for sure. <laughs> no, no, exactly. Exactly. So I, I tease some of my fans and my agents and going like, you know, everybody's free is, um, I think it's 29 years old this year, you know? Yeah. And it's unbelievable. So I'm going, well, yeah, that's great, but then I'm getting older, so I better start looking at, you know, <laughs> what I can do to keep things lifted up. <laughs> You're looking wonderful. Thank you. <laughs> so are you. Thank you. Thank I know, you. it's like, uh, I'm starting to notice things are falling a little bit in here. <laughs> Tell, me about it. Tell me about it. I'm noticing things, and, I'm, and there's all these treatments out there, and I'm going, which one do I go for? Because it can be a bit scary and all, but you know, I've, I've yeah. always been one that's taking care of my skin and my regimen. And, and in, in this lockdown, um, sorry to, to steer away from the music in, industry, but in this lockdown, there's been this, uh, every Monday, there's this uh, face gym. I don't know if you've heard of face gym. Where no. they, they, oh my God, you have to follow them. They, they, ha they help you tone and lift your face with your hands. Oh. You know, honestly, they call it uh, lift and sculpt. So there's been some sessions they've been doing every Monday where they lift and tone your, your jawline, your, you know, it's been incredible. And then today they were meant to have one to lift and tone the forehead and eyes. And I'm going, I could hopefully stay young for a very long time. You know, like I said, I'm noticing this on me, how this yeah. is coming. So I'm yeah. going to try that. I'm going to, no, honestly, just, just check out Face Gym and it's been incredible. Just follow them on Instagram and really good 
Oh, I'm learning so much uh, good advice today. <laughs> you see, you see. I'm going to send you the bill, Naomi. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, um, what are your favorite things to share about your culture and your country? Um, and like for tourists, what would you recommend somebody to come who came and visit your, your home country? Zambia and Zimbabwe, for one, the weather is always amazing, really. Uh, I mean, uh, I think around the month of October, it can get quite hot, so try to avoid that month. But it's, it's beautiful weather year in, year out. And um, we love that when it's summer here in the UK, because this is known to be a cold country. Mm. When it's summer here, it's uh, uh, winter in Zimbabwe, but their winter is like the summer in the UK. So mm. you still have some lovely days, you know. And of course, uh, going to the safaris are just Ooh. unbelievable. Unbelievable. You know, uh, when my husband and I first started dating, we went to Zimbabwe and we went to some safari in um, Victoria Falls. And to be near a giraffe, you know, uh, or lions that are quite far away is quite mind-blowing. It is just something to do before you die. <laughs> I can't. I, I, that would be a dream come true. <laughs> oh, honestly, it is. It's beautiful. Really, really wonderful. So that's what I can say about both those countries. They certainly have the weather and the safaris. And I mean, it's, it's wonderful. And of course, the people are very kind you know, very welcoming. And uh, yeah, they definitely countries you don't visit. Oh, nice. On the bucket list. <laughs> yeah, on the bucket list. I like that on the bucket list. Do, yeah, you, get to, yeah. do you get to go back uh, and visit? Yes, my family, uh, a lot of my relatives still live in Zambia. And my mom and my brothers and some of my other relatives also live in Zimbabwe and Harare. So um, I try and go home twice a year, you know, because home is home. You know, and, and my family's there. If I don't see them for a while, I get, you know, a little off balance. And, uh, and it's just important to, to, you know, spend time and share time with family. So I try and aim to go home uh, twice a year to see them. Beautiful. When I've seen them, they're all crazy. And they, they think I'm this woman with lots of money, you know, <laughs> and I'm going, oh, okay, okay. Then when I get back, I, I'm in need of a different holiday because I have stress out like them. Holiday from the family. <laughs> We've been there. It's, a, it's an absolute joy. <laughs> Have you always felt you were a natural performer live, or do you feel did you go through stage fright? Um, how, like, how did you develop yourself as a performer? Well, I've, I've always loved performing. Um, as a child, I remember doing uh, children's television programs in Zambia, where we lived. So I was singing on children's television programs. And I remember there was um, a time uh, my dad, uh, he who since passed away, believed in me, you know, and he had a friend that um, was a manager at an intercontinental hotel in Lusaka, Zambia. And he's like, look, my daughter's 14, but, you know, can you give her a, a stint performing with a band or whatever? And like, yeah, okay, we'll just give her a two-week stint. She can perform with a band every night for two weeks. But we can't advertise her because she's underage. Yeah. <laughs> and I mean, so I sung at the Hotel Intercontinental with the band every night for two weeks. And my dad would take me and look after me and take me home. And so it's been in me for that long. I, I love performing Naomi. And one of the things I'm missing so much during this lockdown is 
you know, performing on stage and seeing my fans and seeing them raise their hands in the air and make me feel like a god. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's incredible. And uh, I, I love performing. I really love performing. I love, you know, you know, hopefully making the fans feel happy and joyous. And, uh, and I really do miss that a great deal. What's one of the most memorable uh, concert experiences that you had? Oh my gosh. Well, I'm not dropping names, but I was a support act for Michael Jackson. Uh, yeah <laughs> yeah that was coming up in my questions <laughs> well fast forward but anyway so yes I supported him uh, for about three and a half months on his last tour sadly which was the dangerous tour in 1992 yeah. and honestly Naomi that was the highlight of my career in fact I don't know if you can see there's me and Michael up there I saw that picture yeah. online when- yeah yeah, and then uh, so I wrote down that question. I said, I wonder what the story is behind this photo. This is yeah. just unreal. Well, now you know, now you know that's me and MJ up there in the, the middle picture. And uh, it was an incredible experience, absolutely incredible experience. And um, I remained friends with uh, Slider Garrett, who I love dearly. She um, uh, co-wrote Man in the Mirror or wrote it, forgive me if I'm, I'm wrong. And right. she did a duet with him called, I just can't stop loving you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we remained friends and she's just been a wonderful person. And, and that tour was surreal. And every now and again, when Saida and I speak, we just think, wow, you know, and he's not with us anymore. And life. Yeah. Life. Yeah. It seems one surreal. Of the, one of the greatest artists I've ever watched in my life was him. That's for sure. Uh, how much time did you get the chance to learn from him while you were on tour? Did he, st- mm-hmm. or was he, did he spend much time with people or was he pretty much by himself a lot or? Well, he, he I mean, you know, one, you had the biggest star in the world and he was, uh, the security was heavy around him. I got to meet him, um, I think two or three times on the tour where he asked to meet me because he personally chose me to be his support app, which was, amazing and yeah. uh, we took pictures and that's that's that picture there that we took and um he thanked me for agreeing to be on his tour and i'm going excuse me <laughs> you thanking me i'm thanking you and uh and he was really nice really down to earth just a really nice personable person and then of course uh, i met him again uh, just to say bye which was i believe in portugal to say bye and thank you so much and I remember asking him to give me a kiss on my lips, you know, to say thank you. And he's like, okay. Then he kissed me on, on my lips and he had his security guards there. And I'm like, Michael, no, you have to kiss me again. He's like, oh, okay. And he kissed me again. And then he just got so shy. He got so shy and he's like, he looked at his security guards and he went, you put it up to this. You guys put it up to this. And he started laughing and he sprinted into his dressing room. Oh. <laughs> and that was the last time I saw him. And, uh, and honestly, Naomi, when... I finished my set. I was on stage for about 45, 50 minutes doing, doing my set. And then Michael would normally come on literally 30 minutes later, you know. Um, and so sometimes if we weren't going onto the tour bus, because this, this gig was show after show after show. And I believe he had about two or three stages which were moving to different cities when the one show was being held in whatever city it might be. Mm-hmm. And when I had the opportunity and we had a hotel in that city, I'd normally go into the mixing booth where if you can think about it when you see stadiums and there's a mixing booth right in the middle of 
the crowd, I would sometimes go in there and watch him from there, or I'd go in between the barrier where the fans are and then the barrier where people could walk, just VIP, and then the stage. Mm. And I would watch him from there. And uh, I remember the one time I, I watched him with a friend of mine in the barrier and looking at him, and he sent word to say, please tell Rizella not to stand in the barrier because I'm losing my concentration. <laughs> <laughs> So I didn't do that anymore. So I went into the middle of uh, waiting with the, the sound engineers. But watching him was like magic unfolding before your very eyes. And, and I did 43 dates with him. And every date that I had the opportunity, opportunity to watch him was magical. Mm. Absolutely magical. What a blessing that you got uh, to experience yeah, that. Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm just so a excited for you. <laughs> yeah, a real blessing. Yeah, yeah. After these messages, we'll be right back. Yeah. Podcasting is so much fun, but it's kind of expensive too. We got to pay for stuff like licensing fees, hosting fees, long distance phone calls, etc., etc. You get the drill. Okay. Well, we have a new thing called Patreon. Now, Dope Nostalgia has a Patreon account where you can subscribe to premium content. And what that means for you is for the very low starting price of $1 a month, you'll be able to get the podcast two days in advance of the regular release. Not only that, $3 a month, you get exclusive video content just for you guys to check out bonus stuff all the time that you don't get with the regular show. So check it out, patreon.com slash dope nostalgia. Become a subscriber today and get all the good perks. Analog Brewing, winner of three awards at the 2020 Alberta Beer Awards, is a proud sponsor of the Dope Nostalgia podcast. Analog Brewing is now offering delivery within the city of Edmonton with no delivery fee on orders over 40 bucks. Go to analogbrewing.ca slash shop. That's www.analogbrewing.ca forward slash shop and place your order today. When placing an order, you could also pay it forward and take part in their Nurse a Pint program and prepay for a pint for a nurse. Mention this podcast in the order comments so they know we sent you. Analog Brewing, taking beer to the next level. Hey, thank you. What do you want more than anything else in the whole world? I'd like to go to lunch. Me too. I bet some co-workers of mine would love to have lunch with you. I bet they would. I'm so pretty. I'm so pretty. Watch this. Pretty, pretty dancing. You can see all this and more at lunch. Pretty, pretty dancing. Not going anywhere for a while? Grab a Snickers. Peanuts, caramel, and chocolate. That ought to hold you. You know what a panda has for lunch? You day have bamboo. Hungry? Grab a Snickers.
Now you've been described as the queen of rave, right? What does rave mean? Is rave a a type of party? Is it a type of music or feeling? What what is rave? Well, at the time when Everybody's Free came out, uh, they had different styles of music, which the journalists, I guess, or producers or whatever, classed it as rave. And then Everybody's Free got mixed up in all that. And um, a lot of people said, uh, because a lot of the rave tunes that were coming out were mostly one-liners. They were repeats, repeats, repeats. And so a lot of uh, uh, journalists and, and music critics said, Everybody's Free and all my other tracks were classed as rave, but they were real songs because they had verses and choruses and a singer singing it all the way through. And a singer that had a one name <laughs> title. Um, and so I was mixed up with all that rave thing. And then there was a rave scene that were happening and I was performing at them. And I remember going to performing rave scenes that were warehouses that were set up in the middle of nowhere. And there'd be anywhere between 5,000 to 10,000 people, mm-hmm. you know? And the response that I got at the time, you know, was incredible. And then I woke up one morning to read a newspaper and I was being hailed as the queen of rave. And there it is. <laughs> I thought, I'll take that, thank you. Yeah, great title. <laughs> yeah, and that, and, that, and that is stuck, so there you go. So um, besides, of course, Michael Jackson being an obvious answer to this question, but who else did you get to meet in the music business that taught you the most or you were most excited to meet? Oh, there were so many artists. I mean, you know, I am a big admirer of musicians. You know, even if I don't like their music, I admire them because I know as a singer and as an artist myself what a tough industry this is. You know, so honestly, I am rooting for all those artists, particularly the ones that are up and coming because it is a tough industry, you know, and even myself right now, Naomi, I've got a new album coming out. I've got a new single coming out. I'm still, I, sometimes I still think I'm not there. I'm not there yet. I'm still chasing my dream. You know, uh, there's still things I want to achieve. So I look at other artists and I think, you know, you go. And I, and I watch them. And I'm sure every artist will tell you this when I watch other artists performing. You watch them to see how they carry themselves on stage, how they will hit a note, you know, how they speak to the audience. And we all steal ideas from one another. I certainly do anyway, you know, and um, yeah, and and that's how I feel. There's always something new to learn from each person. Absolutely, absolutely. And you're always, you'll always be learning as long as you're in this You'll always be learning, absolutely. You know, my my grandma used to say, you know, a three or four year old could teach you something, (laughs) you know, because they're that young and you're that old, you know everything. No, no, no. How do you feel about the music business now compared to then? Um, obviously, the, main, the major record labels don't have as much power as they used to. Um, and with the internet and everything. Um, if you were trying to make your career now, do you think it would be difficult or about the same? How would you feel about it? Um, you know, when I first started out, I found it so difficult. You know, I found it so difficult. And fast forward to now, I think it is still difficult, but you have 
the freedom that we have now with the internet, with putting out your own material, you know, and, and there's been some singers who have made it on their own that way and then have gotten recognized by a label that has been willing to support them and stuff like that. So, you know, I guess that in, maybe in some ways it's become easier in that regard. You know, you have freedom um, to, to sell yourself in how you want to. Mm-hmm. But somewhere you always need someone to, to help you out with the money, with the promotions and stuff like that. So you still need both in some ways. It's true. That, that is yeah. a catch right there. Yeah. yeah. Um, what album track do you wish would have been a single from your, from your album? Because I'm going to play it on the show. Oh my gosh. Oh, uh, can I choose an old one? Yes, anyone you want. It doesn't have to be a new one or a recent one. I'll play whatever you'd like me to play. I'll I'll play one of your new, well, we'll definitely play your new song that you just released, right? Thank you. Magnificent. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, of course. Thank you. Well, I I did an album for Sony. Uh, uh, The title was Look No Further. And the title actually was written by one of, in my opinion, the greatest songwriters called Diane Warren. Yes, she so, is. Oh, I mean, this woman's catalog of songs that she's written for, she's written from, for rock artists yeah. to Celine Dion. Yeah. And I have been so honored that she wrote Look No Further for me and I got to meet her and obviously I recorded the track in her studio. And it's a ballad, you know, and I just feel... Um, People don't really know that side of me and just see me probably as this artist that only does dance music. And I, I believe, you know, I've got different facets to, to my vocal capabilities. So, uh, you know, I love doing ballads. I love doing mid-tempo. Yeah. And of course, dance music will always be my favorite. Um, so we did this uh, Look No Further that Diane Warren uh, wrote for me. And that was a ballad and it's one of my favorites all time of one of my songs. So all right. yeah, I wish that one was a single. All right, it's coming. We're gonna play it right now for you um, on the show. When I do the editing, of course. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, where is it then? I can't hear it. You're gonna have to listen now. <laughs> Just like that. Fantastic, fantastic.
In 2015, uh, you returned to the top 10 of the Billboard Club dance charts for the first time since 1994 with your track, If You Say It Again. Wow. Isn't that correct? I'm, I'm ready. <laughs> And then the single Shadows of the Moon, too, right? So that's right. That's right. So yeah, what what's uh what developed out of that? Did you do lots of touring at that time? How did you uh, go about promoting the songs? Well, you know, um during that period before I got to doing those those tracks, Naomi, you know, like I, I said earlier, this music industry is a tough one. And I went through, you know, some highs and some lows. Fortunately, not some very lows, but there was a time before I did, uh, if you say it again, and Shadows of the Moon. You know, I was still out there working, but I was lucky um, if I got to do one club date in a period of two months. Things just slowed down. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, I still kept on doing whatever I could and uh, never giving up. And in fact, in, that, in the middle of all that, I thought, if this is going to end, what can I do? Because I, I can't not work. You know, the bills are still coming in. And, I took up a beauty therapy course and I'm a qualified beauty therapist. Wonderful. <laughs> but I, I was still going into the studio because there were still people that believed in me. And like I say, I, I feel very passionate about what I do. I'm a singer. And then uh, I got sent um, this track by Charlie Mason, who actually wrote my, my next single coming out on the 4th of May, Magnificent. He got in touch with me via Facebook and is like, look, I love your voice. I'm, I'm a songwriter. Uh, what do you think of this track? And I listen to it, if you say it again. And the thing is, you know, Naomi, when I'm saying tracks, I try to have a very open mind into what they can sound like because sometimes they can sound not very nice, not really up your street, but mm -hmm. I pick up something where I think the song could be good. And I thought, if you say it again, could be good. And um, Love to Infinity did a mix, uh, or if you say it again, which is the mix that did well. Um, in the billboard, what, what was it, dance charts? That's right. Yeah, and, and Frank Sorello uh, actually made that happen because he got them to mix it and various other uh, mixers and producers. And Frank made that happen. And I used to work with Frank in New York when he was signed to Sony. So we hadn't been in touch for so many years. And he heard this track, he's like, got in touch with me, he's like, my darling, I look, I can do something for you. Let's do this. I think I believe in this track. I'm like, really? And, you know, I gave it to Frank and Frank got so many hundreds and thousands of people to mix it, which they did at no cost, because no one can afford mixes anymore. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, you know, um, I'm so grateful to that and grateful to Frank. And lo and behold, it went to number five, which was, Frank and I were like, we were so shocked. And then we released Shadows of the Moon, and that did well in, in the UK, in the... What I forget what the charts are called here, uh, Music Week, and that did well. And uh, then, of course, Energize uh, Recordings got in contact with me, and they're like, "Look, you still got a career in the recording industry, and we'd love to work with you." And they're just a small label, you know, uh, Gary and and Dave, who I just love dearly. And I'm like, "Yeah, why not?" So I started recording an album with them uh, last year, and and the first single we released from that was. Turn on the light, which we released sometime early last year, and then we were hoping to have the album out sometime late last year. But Turn on the Light kept on growing legs, you know. And, and Gary Simmons, uh, the, the boss of Energize, said, Look, 
let's not release anything just yet because this song is growing legs. Let's just see where it goes to. And uh, I have this wonderful guy, Jonathan Dahl, who is, um, he, he plugs my stuff and everything. And in fact, he started plugging my stuff as a fan. And now he's on board with us and works with us. And he just was sending out stuff to radio stations, trying to get it playlisted. He ended up getting about anywhere between five to 700 independent radio stations that have playlisted it. And Turn On The Light just had legs and, and we just left it to run and run. So that was nearly a year. So we are about to release the second single from that album, uh, which is called Magnificent. So yeah, so that's how that's all happened. Well, I'm really excited that things are still rolling. You know, it's just, it's a beautiful thing. I'm happy. No, thank you so much. And I'm, I'm so grateful. Like I say, you know, I always think, you know, what a tough industry. And, you know, I'm, I'm so grateful to the fans that believe in me. They send me such incredible worded messages. You wanting to do this podcast is, again, a green tick that somebody still wants me. Absolutely. <laughs> no. Oh, it's that that keeps me going and um and i'm so so grateful for that i really am looking back on your career is there anything any choice you would have made differently um i guess not no i i just i, I suppose not because i'm a believer in you know what happens happens yeah and, and that's it, what happens, happens. So I, I can't that's add true. or say anything more to that, yeah. That's true. We don't really know what's going to come no. in our future while it's happening. No, so. we don't. We, we just hope for the best and, and what will be, will be. Uh, you know? so, yeah. Is there any, like, clothing item or toy, food item, something that makes you nostalgic for the 90s? Oh, my goodness. Oh, now you're asking me and I'm not, I don't have an answer now, but when we say bye, I probably will. <laughs> you know, that's one of those questions I should always throw ahead of time because I find it puts people on the spot and then they're like, oh yeah. <laughs> I know, like, oh, I, I just cannot think. I'm in this, oh my goodness, I can't, I can't think. <laughs> I'm sorry, I can't, I can't think. That's sorry. okay. That's okay. Sorry. If you think of something later, you can always like send okay, me a message. Yeah, you'll come to me, you'll come to me. Um, do you have any specific causes or charities that you are supporting? Um, well, whatever, you know, I, I, I support um, M MS, doc, doctors, what are they called? MSF, Frontiers, uh, Doctors Without Borders. Yes. You know, uh, they doctor that are helping everywhere. And uh, there's another one, I can't remember the life of me, the name, to help um, eradicate poverty and feed children and stuff like that so i i try and do something when i can and and honestly naomi there's so many charities if i won the lottery my husband said i'll have no money left because i'd give it all away yeah. <laughs> so many charities so many charities yeah i just like to get it out there so people know what what causes are important to yeah exactly actually i just thought it's medicine sans frontiers that's one of the ones i support yeah yeah they, they go worldwide and they're mostly in, in uh, war zones helping, you know, people that uh, wouldn't otherwise uh, survive. Yeah. Well, thank you for that. I want to tell people again, I'm going to play the, the newest song for everybody here at the end of our interview. Um, 
current projects. Anything else that you wanted to to tell the people that before we before we end things? Yes, please. Well, I just want to say um, I've got an album coming up this year, and uh, I think we've got about we managed to record eleven tracks. I had one more track left to record before the lockdown, so I don't know how that's going to happen <laughs> and when that's going to happen, but. You know, I'm glad to say we've got uh, the second single lined up to be released on the 4th of May, Magnificent. So, you know, look out for that. And I just want to thank you with all my heart for your support. And Naomi, thank you so much. It's so amazing. I'm speaking to you from across the seas in Canada. I can't believe it. It's like Isn't the next it amazing? It's like I'm going to open the door and you're going to be there. <laughs> Technology has gotten us through this uh, pandemic, wow. too. Like, wow. it's, it's Honestly, really helped. Gratitude, gratitude. Yeah, and I, honestly, I just, just want to say a big thank you. Thank you. You're lovely. You're beautiful. Thank you for giving me advice on how to take care of my, yes, my yes, duties. You just, you know, lift, 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 lift. <laughs> and I, you're beautiful too. And Naomi, thank you so much. Thank you. And Rosala, we will see you soon. I will send you a message when we publish the episode so that you, you'll know it'll be on our social media. And I'd love to share it as well. And um you know, yeah, you got my email now and we're in touch and we're best friends forever. Oh, yeah. Love you. It's been Thank a you, blast. you too. Thank you, Naomi. That was amazing. Thank you. Another chance to imagine a stranger cares I'd given up on the thought of love Then turned around to discover that you were there I see the stars and I'm unimpressed I see the moon and unmoved is what I am Look at the sun, it's okay I guess
Isn't she an amazing lady? You can check out our interview with Rosala right on our uh, Patreon where you can see the actual video of us having a chat. So check out patreon.com slash dope nostalgia. Colin will tell you all the rest at the end of the show how you can get a hold of us, all of our social media links. Next week's episode is going to be, wait for it, about Dan Baird. He used to be the lead singer and guitar player in the Georgia Satellites. Then in the 90s, he went out and embarked on his own solo career and spawned a huge hit called I Love You, period. I'm going to be chatting with Nashville singer-songwriter Trevor Finley, and he's going to tell us a bit about his career and life on the road and all of his musical adventures. So we'll be talking to Trevor next week. You guys take care and we'll see you soon. Hit up our Instagram, dope underscore nostalgia. You like Twitter better? That's cool. Nostalgia dope. Or shoot us an email, dope nostalgia podcast at gmail.com. This podcast is licensed by SoCan because we believe that artists should be paid for their work.